Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Fact Check This Podcast, episode 84, and today I decided to do something a little bit different and try a live stream, see how this whole thing works out, and if I'm being completely honest, the reason I decided to go for the live stream uh, method today is because I had to work yesterday, and normally Sundays are my day that I'll do a lot of the podcast type work, I'll make all the clips and put together videos and stuff for all the different uh, shows that I work for. Plus, I'll put together my own Monday episode, and sometimes I'll even get way ahead of myself and do the Monday and the Wednesday episodes on Sunday. Uh, But as things so happened, I worked a 12-hour shift yesterday, and by the time I got home, I really didn't feel like doing that. And then I had an excellent conversation with uh, Don from Pleb Media for, gosh, we, we went close to two hours, and that was a lot of fun and uh uh we had we were just going to talk about like some work uh that i'm probably going to be doing for him here in the future and instead we ended up spending like almost two hours just talking about like random life stuff and and our journeys along the way and stuff we see in the world and it was it was great and a lot of fun and i'll probably use some of that conversation for the wednesday episode once i get that put together but i i just I just didn't have it in me to to put together an episode last night. And so I wanted to give this thing a try. And one of the main things that I wanted to talk about anyway, which uh, I feel like is kind of better in just sort of in, uh, in the moment, is all of the insanity that surrounds the voter ID laws that are going in all over the country, which if, which shouldn't be surprising, right? Like if you sat there and you looked at 2020 and the way everything kind of went with 2020, it was sort of this unique creature. And with the uniqueness of 2020, you had a lot of, and, 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 of course, as it was all revealed in the, the Time Magazine article about fortifying the election and whatever, uh, a lot of it had been kind of put in place beforehand. But 2020, you really kind of saw a lot of things be done differently than they ever had been, especially as far as the elections and, and voting went. And a lot of that stuff was sort of ramrodded through 
without a whole lot of uh, public input, without a whole lot of even legislative input. Like a lot of it was executive order type stuff done by governors. And so the natural evolution of that would be that after an election like that, there would be new voter ID laws that would come out to kind of course correct from some of the things that were seen as not necessarily uh, positive or good things in in the way that that election was conducted. And I realized that there are there are a lot of states that I think Oregon may be one of them. Um, if I if I'm it's either Oregon or Washington. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, there are a number of states that mail-in voting is the norm. It's the way they do it every year. And there's a system and a process and like they don't have the same issues that a lot of these states that had never done that, that had, that had not been the popular way of voting. And suddenly it's kind of thrust upon them because of all of this, you know, COVID ignorance. So they had to completely upend the way they've done elections for literally, literally centuries. And and now in the wake of all of that, if you if you go and look for it, there there has been quite a bit of uh, of stuff that's come out of some of the uh, the audits that are being done in Arizona, in Georgia. Surprisingly, I, I guess not necessarily surprisingly, uh, considering who's in charge there, but. The, I think the Michigan one uh, very suspiciously turned up absolutely nothing of question. Nothing questionable went on with the the election in Michigan whatsoever, which seems really suspicious. But who knows? Um, maybe maybe they're maybe that's legit. It doesn't seem likely, but whatever. But it, the especially in Fulton County with uh, with Atlanta area. Like there's been a lot of stuff that's come out that there was some questionable stuff that went on with the processing of votes and everything else there. Arizona has turned up some uh, in their audit. They've turned up some stuff that makes it seem kind of questionable as to how that vote all went down uh, in, in Arizona. And a lot of states have now started to implement these new uh, voter ID laws and restrictions restrictions and that like so here's a an article that i was looking at this morning from politico which politico right uh the state's new voter id requirement for mail-in ballots could affect the more than 270,000 georgians lacking identification the provision cutting the number of ballot drop boxes could affect hundreds of thousands of voters who cast absentee ballots that way in 2020. And that's just the populous Atlanta suburbs alone. How? I'm not understanding how you have 270,000 registered voters in Atlanta suburbs Atlanta and its suburbs who don't have ID. How does that even, how is that even possible? I don't, maybe I'm ignorant to the way voting, voter registration is 
conducted. But isn't it isn't part of being registered to vote having ID of some sort? Like, I I don't get how this is suddenly, or I don't I don't get how needing an ID is some major hindrance to people. Like most jobs require an ID of some form. Uh, filing your taxes, you need ID. Like almost everything you do in life requires ID of some sort. Buying alcohol and cigarettes, you get ID'd. How is it that this many people don't have access to an ID? It, it seems really, it seems really questionable, and it seems really stupid that that this is a thing. And they always make it like it's some racist thing, but. I, I, don't, I don't understand how how this is. I don't understand how this is such a big deal to require an ID. I, it's not like these states are going out and doing anything like what I would do. Because if it was up to me, voting would be extremely restrictive. I, voting, in, and if you look at the founding of the country, there were restrictions placed on voting. Like, and you can argue that they were racist or whatever, but they, the main things were like property ownership and uh, like, basically you had to have a vested interest of some sort in the system to be allowed to vote. And if you didn't, then it didn't matter what you you know, what you thought because you weren't invested in the system. You don't get to have a say because you aren't, you know, you're not contributing to what's being done. And I, I am all for that. I, I've talked about it before. Uh, like if I could, if I could rewrite voter law, it would be extremely restricted. You should have to be able to pass an aptitude test to show that you at least have some, you know, base level of intelligence. You should also have to be able to pass a test on the issues and the candidates. You need to be able to prove that you know who the people are that are running and what they actually stand for, not that you're just voting for a D or an R. You... <laughs> Jim says, I have no idea where those 270,000 people are in my hood. Uh, so, like, I think you need to be invested in the system you have to know what's going on and being able to provide a form of id should absolutely be a part of that like you should be able to to verifiably prove that you are who you say you are that you are from where you are voting uh, it's something that i have an issue with for the the libertarian stuff uh like my wife and i went to the libertarian party of pennsylvania's state convention and the way they do that is if you're a registered member in Pennsylvania, even if you don't live in Pennsylvania, you're allowed to vote at the Pennsylvania convention. I don't like that. I, even, even with the option and with the option being considerably uh, like for the event we attended, it would be a considerably cheaper option to have paid our LPPA dues and, been considered state party members and gone to the the Mises event 
than to have actually paid for the Mises event. I like I have I have issues with that because I'm not there. I don't have anything to do with the Pennsylvania Libertarian Party. I don't want to be influencing. I don't want to be influencing that. I, obviously, I have a certain way that I would like to see it go, but it's not my say. It's not my call. I'm not from there. So I think like for voting, you should you should be able to there should be some burden of proof on the voter to say, yes, this is where I'm from. This is who I am. And this is why I should have a say in this because I am vested in this and it's important. Like this is, it's the reason that democracy always fails. And, and that's across the board throughout history. It always fails because eventually, and usually it's started in a, in a good way, kind of like the U S was. It was founded on the ideas of a republic, that the government would be small and representative of people, and that the people who actually were invested into the system, who actually had skin in the game, and that it would impact, were the ones who were making the decisions. As well it should be. So what ends up happening is, over time... Because the people in power realize that the people who are giving them that power aren't always going to be happy with what they do, especially if they start trying to take away from the people who give them that power and spread the wealth out to everybody else. They figure out that we need to let more people vote. We need to let people who benefit from a bigger system have a say in the system. That way they continue to expand the system. They continue to give the people who are in power, more control, and the people who are supposed to have the voice get pushed out. It's what happens every time. It's I mean, read Hans Hermann Hoppe's Democracy, the God that Failed. Democracy always crumbles, and it's because of the apathy of society. I mean, that's that's really what it boils down to. Is God, it it feels like nobody in our modern era, reads a history book and looks at all of existence throughout the the millennia. Like, this is what society always devolves itself into. And then something new comes, and it rises up, and it hits a peak, and then at that peak, it takes the downturn, and it goes to shit. And unfortunately... We are on the downturn side, and it really feels like uh, like I'm an accelerationist. I will openly admit that. I am full-on collapsitarian. I don't think the system is tenable. I don't think that it has any uh, – I just don't think it, it has any hope of being fixed. Like, you don't fix this. Once you've hit a certain point – there is no going back. I mean, the house is falling. You can keep throwing more props up underneath it to, to delay the fall. But at the end of the day, it's going to fucking fall. And that's where we are with, with the United States and quite possibly with the entire system that the world 
is being governed under. And like the really unfortunate thing, <laughs> as much as I, I, it pains me to say this, like the really unfortunate thing is at the end of the day, they're probably going to be a small handful of places that don't completely collapse under the weight of this just massive system that has been created. And those places are going to be the more authoritarian ones like China and Russia and stuff like that. The ones that while from the outside looking in, they may seem, okay, not seem, they are 100% horribly oppressive regimes that are in place in these you know, in these parts of the country. They are, for better or worse, very stable. They don't have the problems of a massively inflated government. Because while the government in these places may be incredibly authoritarian and incredibly oppressive, it is those things through might not through bulk. And that's that's kind of that's that's kind of the fundamental difference is that we have an extremely oppressive authoritarian state here in the United States. They got it in Canada, they have it in the UK, much of Europe has it. And it's not because of their power. It's because of their size. It's because they are so encompassing it's not that people are scared of them per se it's that they literally touch every aspect of your life that you can't get away from and eventually people will start to figure out that even with the size of this thing and even with the influence that it has We still outnumber these motherfuckers. We can still turn the tables. You're seeing it in France right now. There are riots going, uh, you know, they're calling them protests, but they are turning into riots going on daily. Australia is starting to fight back against their continued and renewed lockdowns. Uh, Scotland and Britain I I get it. They're the same place, but they're different in ways as well. But there are, there are riots and protests going on there. Canada, they keep planning more or they they keep planning protests. Uh, They'll do it as soon as they lift the lockdowns and allow them to go outside again, because Canadians are so polite. Like they're, they're not going to, they're not going to go out and break the law though. They'll wait until the lot or until the, uh, the restrictions on going outside ends and then they'll go protest but they have they have planned protests god where is josh when we need him he needs oh i do need to get i do need to get josh neckert back on to talk about what's going on in canada because it is absolutely fucking insane and canadians are way too nice and won't do anything about it uh canadians really need to take a uh page out of the book of their uh french forefathers and or maybe not forefathers the the french were historically pussies but the french people now the yellow vesters uh they're going hard at it they're not not too keen on this authoritarianism and that's refreshing 
what's a little bit of a black pill is why isn't this shit happening here? Because we've actually got guns. Like, if you if you've watched any of the footage of the Australian uh, protests that have been going on, the police have been coming in and just absolutely beating the ever loving fuck out of these poor people, and that is a shame. And it they're a they are a deweaponized society. Like they've they gave up their guns. If the if the boogs and the black guns matters and all of these you know organizations that support Second Amendment rights showed up and marched in lockstep with anti-lockdown, anti-authoritarian you know protesters and put together a like the same type of protest and rally that you've been seeing in France and Australia, nothing would shut that down. In fact, the government would have no choice but to do something in response and because they would realize like the armed revolution is forming in the streets. And that's what we fucking need. That's what we need to happen right now. God, I went from talking about voter registration to violent overthrow of the government. Let's do it, damn it. I'm ready. I'm ready. Scary shit on the way, though. Uh, More talk about vaccine passports and pushing that. I'll probably talk. I I don't want to talk about that stuff this week. uh, That'll be a topic for next week because I'm just I'm so burnt out on COVID and all the dumb the dumb shit. I'll compile a list of all the dumb shit that I'm fed up with and That'll be next Monday's episode. In the meantime, hope everybody has a good one. Definitely tune in on Wednesday because I'll have a good... (laughs) Definitely tune in on Wednesday because I will have a excellent, excellent episode with a compilation of all of the stuff that uh, Don and I talked about last night. We got into so much crazy stuff and... It was such a good conversation. So I'm a, it's going to be kind of a, a hodgepodge episode. I'm going to clip a bunch of different stuff together of like conversation that we had, but it, it is excellent. So definitely tune in on Wednesday and check out me talking to Dawn. And in the meantime, I hope you have a good one, and I will see y'all later. Now how do I turn this thing off? <laughs>